0: Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are with us and hope that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We have Pastor Geshom share a word from Psalm 22 on the kind of life we can anticipate as followers of Jesus. It is essential that we tread the narrow path with Jesus as our source. Wherever you are on this path, remember that you are not forsaken or forgotten.
1: Hi Church, it's such a joy and a privilege to be bringing God's Word to you today. Even as we take some time to look into God's Word, we're going to see today uh, from the book of Psalms. And I've chosen Psalm 22 uh, because over the last couple of weeks and a couple of months Uh, God's been ministering to me uh, specifically from this passage even though we've been going through a whole bunch of uh, teachings from the book of Ephesians and doing various other books uh, we've uh, personally I've been walking a journey where um, I have felt weak I felt my inner man uh, lose uh, strength I felt uh, you know being lonely on this journey I felt why is all this happening to me and so as I was meditating on God's word psalm 22 stood out and it was a reminder and encouragement for me and even as last week as uh, tina had spoken from uh, the lessons from the wilderness i believe testing is going to be part of our lives through and through so that we become stronger so that we become you know we have endurance to run this race well i believe our trust has to solely be in jesus and even as we delve into god's word we're going to look in the psalm, which is written by David, and looks like uh his life had these um, uh, you know, ups as well as a lot of downs. And so today I don't want to emphasize much on the mountaintops because you know that's short-lived. I want to emphasize on the valley. You know, I want to emphasize on this journey that we've chosen to follow Jesus for the rest of our life. This journey that we've decided to take the narrow way rather than the broad way. The journey that, you know, Lord, I'm going to take have a conviction for this. I'm going to take a stand for this so that I'll be able to uh, be on the right track. Do what is according to your will and purpose. And it's in that context we read and we see what David was going through. And in fact, David was prophetic because what he had written was quoted by Jesus when he was hanging on the cross in Matthew chapter 27. And so today the title of my sermon is Not Forsaken, Not Forgotten. Today, I don't know how many of you feel forsaken. Probably a family member or relationship a colleague or something in life has caused you to have that feeling of forsakenness. For some, a lot of us, it could even be God who probably doesn't seem to be anywhere close by. And many a times because we feel forsaken, we also feel we're forgotten. And so that's the overarching image that David has when he writes this psalm. But then somewhere in between, he realizes God is with him. He realizes the big picture. And even as we journey in life, God is with us as long as we have allowed him to be with us. And so today, as we take some time, in the midst of all that we are going through, I don't know how your week has been, I don't know how your month has been, it's the middle of the year, probably you have uh, certain disappointments because things haven't turned out in the last six months, how they have to turn out. But, If you are carrying something heavy within, if your spirit man is heavy, if you're weighed down by something that, you know, God, I really was hoping that my life circumstance would change. I was really hoping this situation would change. I was really hoping there would be something different here. I would ask if we can all find encouragement in God's word. One of the key words that David kind of brings about as a central theme is anguish. And the meaning of anguish is severe mental or physical pain or suffering. And today, I don't have to exemplify and, you know, or probably explain it to detail. But all of us have some su- amount of mental pain. All of us have some kind of physical pain. Some of us are so caught up because we've not been validated enough. Some of us are disappointed because our parents don't see us for who we are. They always want something To look different than who we've become. Or it could be even your spouse doesn't understand you. Who's so close next to you. You feel you're not seen next to your spouse. Or for those of you on this journey where, you know, relationships have not really worked out. You're alone. You're probably beating yourselves, or you're probably having a severe mental suffering within. Of who you are, what you are and where you are. And... One of the things that the enemy does constantly is to make us feel like we're forsaken, is to make us feel like we're forgotten. You know, the interesting thing that we saw uh in last week, and I think it's just piggybacking off that same sermon is the fact that the wilderness we all have to go through. The three stages we saw, we are either in between, in the between stage of a wilderness or we're just starting or we're towards finishing one wilderness and probably heading into another. But it is a road. It is a road which is meant to be traveled on. And in the New Testament, Jesus says, you know, for those who decided to follow me, they need to take the narrow road. And oftentimes, when you think of a, the difference between a narrow road and a broad road, broad road will have so many people. It might have life. It might look uh, like, you know, there's, uh, there's a rhythm to the whole thing. The narrow road looks empty, desolate. Lonely, but God is with us. And the reason why he wants us to travel on this narrow road is so that we are dependent on him, so that we listen to him, so that we see the light that he shines on that road for us. The broad road is easy because a lot of them are traveling. We can just go with each and every one. You know, in Tamil, there's this phrase, Govinda." That you, you, don't, you just go with the crowd. You just keep going, going, going. But when we are alone on these narrow roads of our life, Jesus is our sole person who we can trust. And the one way Satan can derail us and move us from the narrow to the broad is by making us feel that we are forgotten, making us feel forsaken. We kind of think, okay, God, you said you're going to be on me with me on this journey, but where are you? I don't see you. But he is with us. And David, at this point uh, in his life, when he was writing the psalm, things didn't go his way. He saw everyone were against him. But he recounts time and again who God is to him. And we are going to see what that means for us today. So can we take some time? to meditate on psalm chapter 22 we're going to go through the entire chapter there are 31 verses and so we'll just break it down into four different sections and i'm going to read so the first part is psalm 22 verses 1 to 2 it goes on to say my god my god why have you abandoned me why are you so far away when i groan for help every day i call to you my god but you do not answer every night i lift my voice but i find no relief Verse 3, yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our ancestors trusted in you and you rescued them. They cried out to you and were saved. They trusted in you and were never disgraced. So the first point which I have written is feeling abandoned but never disgraced. You know, this constant um, um, theme that we'll see recurring here is David feels something, but then when he is reminded in his spirit about where God is and who God is, he immediately moves to who he is in God. And so it we feel something, but with God, we feel something entirely different. And that's because his plan and purpose. In the beginning, I mentioned this is the same verse that was quoted by um, Jesus. And in fact, there's a lot of similarities to what Jesus endured on the cross or on uh, the things that were happening at that time. Even when he um, um, looked up to the father and said, why have you forsaken me? It comes to a place of uh, being on this journey and doing it so that we will accomplish God's will and plan. So today this entire psalm, we will have certain feelings, we will have certain um, you know ways in which we will the hardships will be so real to us. but God wants us to push through so that our, His plan and his purposes for our lives will come through. And the beautiful thing about our Christian walk is not about our will and our plan and our purpose coming through in our life. It's about his plan, his purpose. And so when we sign up for this Christian life, when we sign up for walking in this narrow road, we are signing up for accomplishing his plan and his purpose. And I love what David says in verses three to five. But when you read verses one and two, it says, Why have you abandoned me, God? Why have you left me? It feels like you're not here anymore. I can't see you. I can't. My faith is sinking. Every day I call to you, but you do not answer. How many of us feel like you're praying some prayers day after day, trusting God? God, you will come through. You're holding on to you, but where are you? But Jesus is here to say, I am here. The prayer will get answered in my time. The prayer will get answered my way. The prayer will be done according to my will and purpose. Every night I lift my voice, but I find no relief. One of the things that we see here is in the midst of all this feeling, he still is calling on God every day. He still is calling on God day and night. He probably has a few requests that he specifically prays on the night. He has a few requests that he starts off every day praying. Today, hold on to God in the every day. Do not let him go in the every day. Verses 3 to 5 says, yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. David knew if there's one thing that, you know, I have to move from what I'm feeling to what I will have to feel with you is the fact that I need to let go of, you know, grumbling and mumbling. He moves back to something of what his ancestors had gone through. He says here, his ancestors trusted and rescued we see way in Egypt where they were all uh, in the land that they when you know uh Joseph had entirely called his entire family that they were there, they settled, they grew, they went into slavery, and then God sends a deliverer. They kept praying, they kept asking, and God sent. God answers. There is a time. There is a time when his will and the timing intersects and it happens and accomplishes. We just need to wait. Hold on to him. And make sure we are there to see it happen. We shouldn't deflect and move to the broad road and, you know, uh, miss out on what God timing entails. And so today, what is the God of your ancestors doing? For a lot of us, especially for those who are first generation Christians, we probably don't have a history of looking back and seeing what God's done. But the Bible is there. When you look back, when you see, read of testimonies and stories, it's an encouragement. That's why we go back week on week meditating on God's word to encourage one another that there is a God who's alive, that there is a God who's working, there is a God who's wanting to see things come through today. That's why I constantly keep asking, oh God, you're the God of supernatural wonders. You will do supernatural things. Yes, we are living in a time where your healing is questioned, but we still believe you are healing. We, you know, live in a time where we don't see your physical provision come through, but we still believe in a supernatural way of provision coming through. Our faith stories can still see its fulfillment in today, in 2022, if we are willing to believe. Can we recall the testimonies? The testimonies of what happened should propel us to believe In our present day today, Today we all have gone through hardships. I can give that in writing to anyone who asks. Every one of us has gone through hardships. For those who are Christ followers. We all are going through hardships every day. But what is the testimony that's coming out of it? You know I meet people. I hear people. They talk about what God did 10 years back. 20 years back. 30 years back. All that is good. But what's God doing today? What did God do last week to you? Can you recount, what did God do in the last six months for you? Can you recount, can you recount what God did in the last 10 days for you to give thanks? For you to remember that you're not abandoned and he'll never disgrace you. You know, one of the things that we think because of our humanness, because we know when friendships get abandoned, when relationships get abandoned, when a spouse abandons us, we have disgrace. But God never abandons us and he will never disgrace us, those who call and trust in his name. So today, church, I want us to remember that if we feel that we are abandoned, God is there quietly listening to us. God is there wanting to trust us, trust his timing, trust his silence. I'm reading this quote and it goes on to say, When we discover the secret of being inwardly at worship while outwardly at work, we find that the soul's silence brings us to God and God to us. Silence takes us beyond the limits of consciousness and into the heart and mind and will of God. Silence takes us beyond the limit of consciousness into the heart and the mind and the will of God. So today, the very essence of this whole thing of struggle and anguish and heartache that we all feel is to be reminded that we are drawing closer to God, to what God wants us to do. So today, as the psalmist has written, can we recall, can we trust God alone? He never wants to disgrace us. He never wants to put our head down in shame. He wants to stand beside us and tell us you're on the right track. I want to work in you and through you and accomplish it. So today, let's not distance ourselves because God is silent. Let's not fill the vacuum with all of our ideas and thoughts and negativity and the words that come of disbelief and faithlessness. But let's trust him knowing that he is with us in the silence. His silence is for us to lean even more deeper and find out, God, what is your plan and what is your purpose? The second thing that we go on to read from Psalm 22, verses 6 to 10 is, But I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned and despised by all. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads, saying, Is this the one who relies on the Lord? Then let the Lord save him. If the Lord loves him so much, let the Lord rescue him. Yet you brought me safely from my mother's womb and led me to trust you at my mother's breasts. I trust Into your arms at my birth, you have been my God from the moment I was born. The second point is feeling worthless, but never forgotten. Feeling worthless, but never forgotten. David uses this word called a worm. And you know, when I was thinking about the worm, what's the first intent or what's the first thing that runs in your mind when you see a worm? your first instinct, it would be to probably take your right leg if you're a right-handed person or probably your left leg and you're wearing some kind of footwear and you go to do, you go to stamp over it and squish it. And I feel that many a times the pressure of that is what we feel. The pressure of that footstep over us, crushing us, why because we are unworthy we are slimy we know we you know it feels like uh people when they look at us they just feel like they despise us they feel like you know what is this guy even doing why is he even believing in this god they mock us and even as you read verse 8 it reminds us of the time when people were questioning jesus to come down from the cross Because we've decided to follow Jesus, because we've taken a stand, because we've made certain decisions, because we've held on to him. We see that we aren't receiving praise. We aren't receiving, you know, the love that we need from people around, but we're receiving their hate. We are receiving their feeling of that we are unworthy, we are worthless, we're good for nothing. And they question our faith. They say, if the Lord loves you so much, why is this happening to you? If you say you're a Christian, why is this happening to you? For this, you can be a person without faith. And that's why atheism today has taken such a big root in society. But they don't want a God because for them, a God feels like he'll just do good and no bad. Today, a God is a God who does good. And today, a God is a God who takes the hard yards of going through the tough path. He is still God. He doesn't have to prove to the world that he is God. He is still God and we have to be in that place to acknowledge him. And I love when, um, when the pressure of others dictating our faith comes, David moves to the place of saying, my God is my God from the day I was born. And it's an interesting thing because he says, I thrust into your arms at my birth. You have been my God from the moment I was born. But the truth is that revelation of he is God from the moment I was born only comes to me. It's my declaration from I was when I, from that moment when I was born, from my date of birth in May 10. That's when I feel, okay, this is when God's, God is God. But God's been God before time. And it got me thinking, God, if you're God before time, my understanding has to even more broaden. Yes, it shows my limitation. I can only think of you as a God from the time I was born, because that's when my consciousness, my spirit, man, my soul, my body came alive. But we have a God who was before time. And so today, in the midst of the pressure that is surrounding us, in the midst of the hardships of, I don't know what hardships, I, I, we are strongly going to pray at the end of this. I know what you're quietly going through, what your heartache is, what your mental frame is. But if you've been dictated by the people around, I believe strongly that God's going to say, I am with you. I chose you, I wonderfully created you, and I will be with you till the very end. And you are going to hold on to Jesus like never before. So today, whatever you're sensing, whatever your problems are, can we remove the magnifying glass from that and move our magnifying glass to Jesus and to the promise of who he is? He says that he knows us. He says he is our God. He knows he has destined us and his plan and purpose is to see us come through. Can we hold on to him for that? God existed before me and will exist after me. What a beautiful thing. God existed before me and God will still exist after my time here on this earth. And in eternity, I get to see him face to face. I I don't get to be under this pressure what others are putting around. The third thing let's move into is Psalm 22 verses 11 to 18. Do not say so far from me, for trouble is near and no one else can help me. My enemies surround me like a herd of bulls. Fierce bulls of Bashan have hemnian. in. Like lions, they open their jaws against me, roaring and tearing into their prey. My life is poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax is melting within me. My strength has dried up like sun-baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You have laid me in the dust and left me for dead. My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. My enemies stare at me and gloat. They divide my garments among themselves and throw dice for my clothing. O Lord, do not stay far away from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to my aid. Save me from this word. Spare my precious life from these dogs. Snatch me from the lion's jaws and from the horns of these wild oxen. So the third thing is feeling wrung out but never weak. Feeling wrung out but never weak. Today what David sees is that trouble is near. What he sees is the fact that the bulls of bashan bashan was a place which was a fertile land in the philistines and you know the herd there the bulls there were of a particular size and he says that they are intimidating today it feels like you know you're you're just empty you just keep you've poured out you're dried up entirely he takes the example of sun baked clay he talks about his heart which is which is not strong it melts like wax It is so controlled by the environment. If the environment is hard, it just, there's nothing left. Your heart sinks. It feels like he's laid to dust. He's laying there, one with the dust, lying there, waiting for his enemies to pounce on him. And it's in that he calls on God. He knows that it's in that time he can only call on God. And the beautiful thing about our life with jesus is that he is with us in that he is with us in that anguish he is is, he is close to us but he wants us to acknowledge him so that he can help he wants us to acknowledge him and in fact as we read in verse 17 and 18 as they divide my clothes it's a prophetic thing of what jesus would go through and what Jesus went through, the end of it, the, the process of it was so painful. The process of crucifixion, the cross, process of staying there hanging on the cross, the process of hearing the mockery of the people, the process of listening to what they had to say was hard and tough. But the end result was the relationship between God and man got restored. The end result for us is at the end of it, we will come out victorious. We'll be able to do what God's calling us to do here on this earth. And so today, as I mentioned, feeling wrung out but never weak is a fact that we will have his strength to accomplish his plan and purpose. So when his plan and purpose starts fulfilling in our lives, we will have strength. We won't be weak then. Yes, our journey would have been tough, but it will be one where we have strength. You know, um, a lot of you know, um, my wife... When we started church, a month into starting church, 2018, she had to go through an entire procedure and all that. The journey was tough. The journey felt like this. You know, we were rung out entirely. We didn't have strength. We were completely dry. But honestly, if I look back, we were not weak. Because God gave us his strength. Because God gave us the stamina to push through and see his plan and purpose come through. So today, what are we holding on to God for? Are we holding on to God so that we will see our plans and our purposes come through? Are we holding on to God so that we will see His plans and His purposes come through? You know, Paul goes through adversity also, and you know the, he says uh, an interesting thing in Second Corinthians, and I wanted to read that particular verse: Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verses eight to ten. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses in the insults, hardships, persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So church, today, we will have certain setbacks. We will have certain hardships. But let's not discount the God who is with us. The God who is with us does not have the nature of weakness in him, but he has strength in him to help us through the whole thing. We will rely on him more for his strength when we realize that we are weak. Yes, we are wrung out. We don't have the, the, the capacity to do it. But when I rely on him, he strengthens me. He girds me. He gives me that, that, the, that, the, the strength to rise up the next day and to push through. Robert Lighton says this beautifully. He says, adversity is the diamond dust heaven polishes its jewels with. Adversity is the diamond dust heaven polishes its dwells with so today the hardships that we go through yes our bank balances don't probably are, are, not, are not crossing a few zeros it probably is just in it's just lowering every day and you're like god what about my future or you're probably wondering god i thought marriage would be would do good for me but it's just it's it's it feels even much more of a heaviness on my heart For some of you who've been trying to find the right person, you've, you've had relationship failures time and again. And you're like, God, I don't think, uh, I don't know what's wrong with me. Why am, why am I making the wrong choices? Can we remember to trust God? God is willing to help us. There's no part of this journey where we can take credit. His strength is for His glory. His strength is for His purpose. His strength and his power is for him to be magnified. It has nothing to do about me at all. It has nothing to do about my plan and my purpose. And today, reading this entire psalm in comparison with what Christ has gone through is for God's plan to come through in and through our lives. God saved humanity on the cross. God saved humanity on the cross. God saved the entirety of mankind so that we can have the relationship with him. And so today at the end of it, with his plan and purpose accomplishes in our life, what is it that he's calling us to do is very important. The last part of the psalm, Psalm 22 from verse 22 to 31. Let's read. It goes on to say, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. Praise the Lord, all you who fear him. Honor him, all you descendants of Jacob. Show him reverence, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not ignored or belittled the suffering of the needy. He has not turned his back on them, but has listened to their cries for help. I will praise you in the great assembly. I will fulfill my vows in the presence of those who worship you. The poor will eat and be satisfied. All who seek the Lord will praise him. Their hearts will rejoice with everlasting joy. The whole earth will acknowledge the Lord and return to him. All the families of the nations will bow before him. For royal power belongs to the Lord. He rules all the nations. Let the rich of the earth feast and worship, bow down before him all who are mortal, all whose lives will end as dust. Our children will also serve him. Future generations will hear about the wonders of the Lord. His righteous acts will be told to those not yet born. They will hear about everything he has done. Even as we read this, the, the point I want to emphasize in this is our anthem throughout generations to remember. Our anthem throughout generations to remember. David concludes with this whole thing saying, God, all that we endure, all that we go through, all that we've relied on and trusted in you is not just for us. The story just doesn't end with us. It's for us to tell our future generations. So today, for those of us who have families and have kids, what are the testimonies that we are telling our kids? You know, they shouldn't just be able to count the testimonies in their fingers. They should be, you know, my dad and mom's life was one where I saw God come through pretty much every day. Where I saw God come through every other time they had called and prayed and we did as a family. Every year there was something big to thank God for. Every year we could see God do something new in our lives. It just shouldn't be that one-off testimony, God rescued me 30 years back. No, it has to be in the everyday. The faith that we have in Jesus is for the everyday, is to be experienced for the everyday, is to be testified about in the everyday. And when we see from verse 22 onwards, there are certain themes that David emphasizes on. And I believe this is in his very nature because he's been alone Most of the time with sheep and with everything, he's constantly been praising Jesus. He's been constantly been worshipping God, that proclaiming his name is just second nature to him. And we see certain words that he's used in verse 23, praise, honor and show. What does praise do? Praise you're giving God all the glory. You honor him. You honor the God of your fathers and your descendants. People in Israel, if you notice, were always referring back to the God of their fathers. And there's a more honor in that because they know where they are today is because of the honor that the previous descendants had done. If they have not been able to, later on we see after David's life, Israel goes downhill because they forget the God of their fathers. With honor, we are able to show him reverence. Today, as a generation we lack reverence today as a generation we lack reverence in uh, approaching our god we lack reverence with anything to do with god because we it's it's more of consumption we are able to have an experience of church wherever we think we ha- can have and so somewhere down the line we think you know what this god will just show up his grace is there to handle everything no we have to have reverence where reverence ceased to exist, honor ceased to be there. And so today, can I ask you, what is God asking you to honor Him with? Is He asking Him to honor you Him with your body? Is He asking Him to honor Him with your work? Is He asking Him to honor Him with your decisions that you're making? As a husband, would you honor Him for the role that you play and love your wife and love your children and love your family? As uh, as an individual. Can you honor him with who he's created you? You honor him in everything that he's given to you, with everything that you have. Verse 25 goes on to say, I will praise you in the great assembly. We as Christ followers cannot be ashamed of testifying about God in the midst of other believers. We need to boldly declare of what he's doing, of where we are at, which comes to a place where i am not building a fake profile of myself you know we can put ourselves together and so today you know we are we think okay if a person has put themselves together or if they have if they have dressed themselves up oh probably their life is going good no we can do our outward appearance however we like but if we fail to tell and testify what's god doing internally our fears our struggles it's in those things that people realize you know what They too are struggling, but they have trusted God and they have come through to the other side. Praise Him in the great assemblies. Fulfill your vows to the God. Fulfill your vows to God in His presence. What are some of the things that you've told God you would do if you're able to see Him more clearly, if He's able to come through in your life? Each of us have made certain decisions to honor God. Hold, God will hold you to that. Because what God's blessed you with, God didn't bless you just to keep it. He's blessed you to do something for his kingdom. What is God calling you to do? Today, you might be like, okay, probably he's talking about money. No, it goes beyond money. A lot of us have committed to certain things with the work of our hands, with what we can do, with our time, with probably some of the resources that we have. What is it that I can do to glorify God in the place that God's calling me to be? If you notice and look in David's life, he constantly did what he was preparing the next generation. He wanted to build the temple, but God said, it's not your, it's not in your lifetime you're going to build. But what that didn't stop him. He collected everything possible for the Lord's temple. Just because it doesn't have my name in it, doesn't mean I'm not involved in it. Just because I'm not the driving force behind it, doesn't mean I'm not... Today, what is God calling you to do? What is the change God is wanting you to bring in your community, in your sphere of influence? Because only you can do that. Yes, there are certain things that are bigger which he might keep it for a longer time because he wants to preserve you. He doesn't want you to break. He doesn't want you to crumble. And he wants you to stick to the plan and purpose that he's jotted down for you. So that we see that the minute we move towards that, there's a sense of satisfaction. God brings about fulfillment. It says here, the poor will eat and be satisfied. All who seek the Lord will praise him. Their hearts will rejoice with everlasting joy. You know, he doesn't say the poor will eat and then they will be rich again. No, they will eat and be satisfied. God gives contentment in the places that we are in. So today, the gospel that we read, the gospel that we hear, the gospel that we partake of is not one where we find our status changing entirely, but we'll find completion. We'll find a sense of contentment of saying, God, I am happy where I'm at because I know I'm in the center of your will. And I love how he leads up to the end. He goes on to say that, God, you are the ruler of the entire nation. He doesn't, you know, mince words. He says, yes, you are the God of me. You are the God of my family and everything. But you're also God of the world. So today, if the world news is scaring us, let's remember that there's a God about that. Today, if the confusion, the chaos of the world is, you know, causing us to fear, let's remember that there is a God above who's in control. Yes, things are going haywire because of man's greed, because of man's ideas and the way man thinks has to function. But God is still God and he's seeing everything. He's seeing everyone. Can we hold on to him in this changing world, in this chaotic world that we'll trust in him? And the last we read is, May our faith be something which we keep sharing We testify so that it's second nature when our kids come, when their generation grows up, they know that they are standing on the testimony of the people who've gone before. They are able to plunge even more deeper and even more further and even more stronger and capture more ground for God because of the foundation of the testimony that we've laid in and through our lives. Let's not forget whatever we are going through today is so that the future generation realizes this. This is the path we need to take. They don't have to go around forging another new path. No, they have to stick to the same course, trust the same God and journey on to see him come through in and through their lives. John Henry Newman says this, if we are intended for great ends, we are called to great hazards. If we are intended for great ends, we are called to great hazards. So if there's one thing you would probably see as a theme that is coming along in this Psalm 22, is the fact that hardships are there, but that's part of the journey. Adversity is there, but that's part of the journey. Silence is there, but that's part of this journey because I get to hear God more clearly I get to see God more clearly. I get to testify about God more clearly. God is journeying with us. He's working in and through us so that his plan and his purposes will come through. The narrow road is all about his plan and his purposes. And if we are in that road, we need to say, God, what are you saving me from? Yes, it feels like I'm alone. It feels like I'm, I, it feels many a times like I'm forsaken. It feels like I'm forgotten. But Jesus is reminding us, no, you're not. This is my road. This is my territory. You're not forsaken. You're not for, forgotten. And so church, even as I conclude, if you're feeling abandoned, remember God's intention is not to disgrace you. If you're feeling worthless, Remember that he's not just left you there to, you know, all by yourselves or you're, you're just forgotten entirely. You know, he's there with you. He's there in the midst of every hardship, physical pain, mental pain and, you know, every struggle, every form of sickness. He is still in the middle of it. Hold on to him like never before. If you're feeling wrung out and stripped of all that energy and everything, Remember, his strength is the one which will help you overcome the weakness and take that next step of faith. And our anthem at this, through with this all, is the fact that Jesus is God. Jesus is our Savior and that he will come through generations. It's for us to remember and testify and tell about our generations that he is still God. He is still Lord over our lives. So even right now, as I take some time to pray. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your week has been. But I strongly believe if it's one where it's one of hardship, can we come like David and deflect our internal struggles to the very nature of who God is, to the very nature of what he is doing at this point and trust him and hold on to him. The beautiful thing about being in the company of believers is the fact that we get to encourage one another. We get to pray with one another. We get to stand with one another. And over the years, we'll get to see God has really done something in your life. And he's also doing something in my life. So I want to pray and I want to believe God is going to strengthen you, especially for those of you who are lacking strength, for those who really feel like you've rung out. You have nothing more to give. His strength will be made perfect in your weakness. Can you acknowledge Jesus today? Let's pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've been doing in and through our lives, Lord Jesus. And even as we heard your word, Lord Jesus, this word is, this psalm, Lord Jesus, is so uh, pivotal because it's something that you went through personally, Lord Jesus, on the cross. But you came out victorious. You came out so that we can have this relationship with you. You came out alive so that we can call on you today. We can listen to you. We can hear you. We can worship you. We can acknowledge We Thank you for that bridge that you've built, Lord Jesus, so that we have this relationship back with you. And even right now, I pray over each and everyone who's watching and each and everyone who's listening to it right now, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, your spirit would work in and through them. Lord, I pray, Lord, every kind of unworthiness that they feel right now, that you will change it, Lord. Every kind of, Lord, weakness that they are feeling right now, that you will strengthen them, Lord Jesus. I pray if they have been, people around have just been looking down on them and feeling that they are like nobodies. I pray that, Lord, you will tell them who you created them to be. I pray that, Lord, you will never feel unworthy lord jesus because following you we would have our identity set in you lord jesus it will stem from you lord jesus we thank you i pray that lord we will take this time lord jesus to praise you to honor you lord jesus to lord show reverence lord jesus to who you are and who you've been and what you will do lord in the future may our faith be one lord where we will honor you lord jesus not where we dishonor you lord be with us, Lord. I pray especially you would go before us, Lord Jesus, in every situation. In every situation, go before us. In every situation, strengthen us, Lord. That we cannot do this journey alone, Lord. I pray for those who are in difficult circumstances, Lord. For those who are wanting to have more of you, but yet us giving into to the pressure of the world, that they will take a stand. I pray for those of us who've been on this narrow journey, may we not... Take it for granted. May we not devalue what you are doing in and through us and in and through every one of us, Lord. I pray we will take a stand and a commitment to testify about your works to the future generations, to the people that are around us, Lord. Be with us, strengthen us, go before us. We ask all this in your most precious name. Amen. Amen. I pray that you have a blessed week. Remember that as you journey on, God is with us. He wants his plans and purposes to be fulfilled in our lives. He wants his plans and purposes to be fulfilled in our lives. Let's hold on to him like never before. You know, that's why I believe God's gathered us as a church together to strengthen and encourage. Yes, we all are in the same journey. The struggles that you are going through, even I'm going through. And I believe this psalm ministered to me. So I would ask you if you would meditate on this psalm over the next week. I love God to sink his word deep in. And may you redirect everything back to him so that his plan and purpose is more clear than ever before. I pray that you have a blessed week. God bless you in everything that you do. And I pray that you're going out and you're coming in to be blessed. The food and water of your home will be blessed. God keep you safe. Have a blessed week.
0: Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus, finds life.